tonight I want us, I want us to, uh, to go to James chapter 1 and verses 18 through 20 is what I'm going to read for my text tonight. James chapter 1 verse 18 through 20 and I want to talk to you and I just I'm just going to I'm just going to minister until um, I feel like I need to quit and I may get I may get done and I may not so if I don't there's always next Wednesday okay or Sunday night or whenever but um, uh, anyway I want to talk to you tonight on tune in tone down and sweeten up tune in Tone down and sweeten up. Notice in James chapter 1, verse 18, it says, Of his own will begat he, speaking of God, speaking of the Lord, of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, he's talking to the saints here, let every man be swift to hear, to tune in, and be slow to speak, to tone down, and to be slow to wrath or to be angry, to sweeten up. For the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. Amen. Everyone... Every believer, let us be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Now James here is writing in this, in this epistle to believers, of course. And um, in verse 18 of that first chapter, James makes a reference to being born again. And he refers there to the new birth, and he says, of his own will... He begat, begat, begat he us with the word of truth. So he's speaking of the new birth. He's speaking there of salvation. And uh, he makes an interesting statement about salvation and about the new birth. And that is that, um, that salvation and redemption was God's idea. And it originated with God. And He's the one that brought it all about. Isn't that wonderful? You know, God wouldn't have had to have done that. He could have just left uh, humanity in the state. He could have just destroyed them. But he, 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 he loved mankind and humanity so much that He made he, he came up with the plan of redemption. Of course, the plan of redemption of salvation wasn't something that God came up with as an afterthought. But it was planned before the very beginning, before God created the heavens and the earth, before God created man. In God's foreknowledge, He knew that man would fall. And the Lord had already, um, had already put in place the, the plan of salvation. He knew what He was going to do. Jesus, the Bible says, was slain from the foundation of the world. So before the worlds were... Um, the plan of salvation was already drawn up and already put in place by Almighty God. That's why the cross of Christ is the foundational doctrine of the Word of God because it was the very first doctrine. And so salvation and redemption originated with God. And uh, it was God's idea to save lost humanity. I don't know about anybody else, but that, that, that just thrills me to, to know the love of God, how much He loved us, that he, he, he planned to save lost humanity. And it is also God's will for everybody to be saved. Now, we know that everybody's not going to be saved. And there are those that teach a universalism today that, you know, that in the end everybody's going to be saved, that Jesus' uh, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross um, saved everyone when He died. The entire world was in Him and all the sins of the world were atoned for, which that is true. All the sins of the world, every sin was atoned for in the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. But yet being saved or being 
a recipient of that salvation is contingent upon every individual person placing their faith in that sacrifice that Jesus made and receiving Him and accepting Him as Lord and Savior. There are those that try to teach today that that God's going to save people whether they want to be saved or not. And at the end, you know, that um, at the end, even the devil's going to be saved. And, you know, that's not taught anywhere in the Word of God. We know that that's not the case. Can I get an amen? But it is God's will to save everyone who will believe. Jesus died for everyone. He died for you. He died for me. He died for the sins of the entire world. And Peter made the statement in 1 Peter 3 and 9 that God is not willing that how many? Any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, and that's God's desire. He would, he, he would love for everybody. His desire is for everybody to be saved, but it's It's the choice of each individual person whether they accept or reject the gospel or whether they accept or reject the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. You have a choice. You had a choice in whether you got born again or not. I had a choice to make whether or not I wanted to be saved or not. It wasn't one of those deals where, you know, well, God's chosen you to be saved and you don't have a choice in it. You're going to be saved whether you want to be saved or not. And that's just not the way that it is. Amen. God's desire is for everybody to be saved. He has originated the plan of salvation. Um, God thought it, Jesus bought it, and the Holy Ghost wrought it, as someone said. So, So the divine Godhead planned the plan of salvation from the very beginning of time. And uh, it's His will for you to be saved, for your family to be saved. It's God's will. So don't ever give up on your family or stop praying for them. It's the will of the Lord for all to come to repentance. And so James tells us there and talks there in that first chapter in that 18th verse about how He has um, by His own will uh, begotten us through the word of truth that we would be a kind of a first fruit of His creatures. Uh, When you think about that, the fact that uh, we have been born again um, and that we here, the Scripture calls us a first fruit of God's creatures. When you think about that, the first fruit, when you think about the first fruit crops, when they brought in the first fruit from the field, that was the best of the crops, was it not? The first fruits were also what was designated by God to be given unto Him as an offering. It was the firstborn lamb. It was the first fruits of the field. It was the very best. In other words, God always required the very best from His people. When they were to bring Him an offering, it was to be the best. When they were to bring a lamb to be offered as a sacrifice, or bring a lamb to the temple, it had to be the best of the flock. You know, he got. if you read the book of Malachi, you'll find that God was very upset with the people because what they were doing in Malachi was they were taking the best and keeping it for themselves, And they was bringing God those lambs that were all, you know... The, 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 the ones that were marred up, you know, that were not very, very good. And uh, those that were, that were sick and diseased. And they said, well, we'll give this to God. Kind of like, you know, kind of like people used to do uh, when we were pastoring, you know. If there was something, well, we can't eat that, we'll give it to the preacher. Amen. You know. <laughs> I had a guy bring me a green cake one time. And uh, anyway, but, uh, you know, we, we, it wasn't going to do them any good. They thought, you know, they just give it to the preacher. But God wants, and here's the point. We're, the, we're, uh, we're called the first fruits of His creation. 
as those who are born again, as those who are brought into the family of God, we are the first fruits of His creation, which means that we are to give Him our very, the very best of our lives. We're to give Him the first of everything in our lives. Amen. Does that make sense to anybody? And that's the way it's supposed to be. Amen. We have been, the Bible says, we have been bought with a price. Therefore, we are to glorify God with our body and our spirit, which belong to God. So, you know, we are His and we're to put Him first in everything in, in every area of our lives. He, we are the first fruits. So, James here is talking about us being born again and how God has birthed us into the family of God, how we've received a born-again experience. And um, when you get born again, one of the, one of the things about, the, the main thing about the new birth is when a person gets born again, it changes their life on the inside. You're totally changed. Paul said that concerning the new birth, that if any man, any person be in Christ Jesus, they are a new creature, a new creation. Old things are passed away. And all things become new. Why? Because there's something that's taken place on the inside. It's not joining a church. It's not becoming a church member. It's not being going through some kind of a confirmation into a church. It's not following rules or regulations or keeping certain laws or certain um, codes or creeds. But it's having a personal experience and relationship with Jesus Christ. And when an individual accepts Christ as their Lord and Savior, there's a miracle that takes place on the inside of them. Not only, not only are our sins forgiven and we are cleansed in the blood of Jesus, but the Holy Spirit makes us a new creation on the inside. We are literally raised out of death, from spiritual death to spiritual life and the, the nature. God puts His Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Hallelujah. And makes us His sons and His daughters. And when that happens, there's a change that takes place on the inside of every individual. If somebody comes to an altar and kneels at an altar and prays a prayer, and, 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 and you know, you can lead them in the sinner's prayer. If they are truly born again, if they truly believed it in their heart and received Christ and are truly born again, you'll be able to tell. It'll show up because there'll be a change that takes place in their life. Amen? I know it, you know, I'm, I don't want to use myself as an example all the time, but that's what happened to me. That's what happened to, to scores of people that I knew um, coming up in, in the, within the church after I got saved, that people, when they got saved and they got born again, there was a change that took place in their life. They, there was a change in their behavior. Woo, hallelujah. We need a change in our behavior. And so that is what James is talking about here in this first chapter. He speaks of the new birth in, 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 in chapter 18. And then in, cha I'm sorry, in verse 18, but then in verse 19, he speaks of a new behavior because a new birth leads to a new behavior. A new birth brings forth a new life and a new behavior. Amen. Now, you know, we talked last week about walking in the light or God being the light and being the difference between light and darkness. And, uh, you know, J uh, John said in, in the epistle of 1 John that if, we, that if a person says they are in the light, but they're living and walking in darkness, they're lying. Amen, that's right. 
Amen? So, so it doesn't matter what a person says, I know the Lord or I love the Lord. Are they walking in the light? Do they have a change in their lifestyle? Doesn't mean that they're going to be a totally mature Christian overnight, but there's going to be a change in them, in their behavior, that's going to be obvious for everybody to see. You know, mainly... Mainly the things that uh, a person one time uh, loved before they were born again, the things they enjoyed doing and loved doing and participating in, they hate those things now. The things that they hated to do and didn't want to do and didn't enjoy, they love those things now. That's the change that takes place. Before I got born again, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to party. I would fight for my right to party. Amen. I wanted, you know, I wanted to party and have a big time. But after I got born again, I didn't, that, that left me. Is anybody listening tonight? Amen. Before I got born again, I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want anybody to ask me to go to church. I didn't want them to talk to me about church. I didn't want to hear anything about church. But you know what? After I went to church and had an encounter with Jesus and got born again, you know what I, the first thing I said, when, when's the next service? I, I was ready to do that again. I wanted to be, I wanted to be where God's people were. There was a change that took place. My behavior and, and my life and my desires and everything changed in my life. Can you witness to that? Are you, you that are here tonight? I'm sure that you, you're here tonight that are born again. People just usually don't come out on a, on a cold, wet, damp night on a Wednesday night unless they love the Lord and they want to be in the house of God. So you know what I'm talking about um, in, 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 in experiencing that new birth. Being uh, born again, begotten of God, being one of the first fruits of His his creation made uh, a child of God by the Spirit of God, cleansed in the blood of Jesus. Isn't that exciting? So in that 19th verse, James then mentions three important areas of our behavior and how this new birth will affect our behavior. And some very important things here about our behavior. In verse 19, he says, Wherefore, that word wherefore links that verse to verse 18, which talks about us being born again. And then he says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. So there's three areas of behavior that we need to focus on here that James, that, that James zeroes in on on that 19th verse. And that is to tune in, to tone down, and to sweeten up. Those are three things that we see, three things that we will see in the uh, uh, three things that are changes we'll see in the life of a believer. So let's look at this first one. And we may, not, we may not get any farther than this, but if we don't, that's okay. But that first one is to be, what did he say? To be swift, let every man be swift to hear. Swift to hear. To tune in. And this one, I, I, this, is, this is what he's saying. Every born-again believer needs to be tuned in to what God is saying to their life. Amen? Every believer, write that down if you're taking notes. Every believer, or you can apply that to yourself. I need to tune in to what God is saying to me about my life. I need to hear from the Lord. Amen? And every born-again believer, as a child of God, you need to be swift to hear, quick to hear, Tuned in to hear what the Lord has to say to you because God has got something to say to every single one of us. Amen? 
and, and, and we've, got to be, we've got to be on the right frequency so that we can hear what the Lord is saying to us. Now Jesus made the statement. Jesus said in Mark 8 and 18, He said this about people. He said that there were some people that had ears to hear but didn't hear. You remember that? He said they've got ears but they don't hear. Well, that's kind of strange. What did he mean by that? Did he mean that they were that that they they were that they were deaf that they couldn't hear? No, not necessarily. He was talking about they had physical ears and they could physically hear, but they couldn't hear the things of God, the things of the spirit. They were only hearing in the natural, but they weren't hearing in the spiritual. And so we need to have we've got ears. We got to hear what the Lord is saying to us. Amen. Jesus also said in Mark chapter 4 that we were to that we are to take heed to what we hear. In other words, we're to be very selective. We're to have selective hearing when it comes to what we hear. And this is a problem within the body of Christ today because too many of the Christians in the church, may, they, they're not only not hearing from the Lord, but they're hearing, they're hearing stuff they don't need to be hearing. Amen? You, don't ne- you never, listen, you need to take heed as a Christian to what you listen to and to what you hear. And that goes for, oh, glory to God, I'm preaching to the choir tonight, but, but that, goes, that goes for our music, that goes for what we watch on television, what we listen to. You know, everybody today, you see, walking around has got, got those, you know, those... Uh, AirPods and earpods and all kinds of pods sticking out of their ears and everything and, and listening to stuff in which that's okay if you're listening to the right stuff. You got you gotta be listening, you gotta be take heed of what you listen to and what you're hearing. Amen. We, we need to make sure that we never, ever, ever allow, uh, if we're going to take heed to what we hear and be careful and selective about what we hear, don't ever let somebody use your ears for a garbage disposal. What do you mean by that? I mean, don't let, listen, do you realize there would not be any gossipers if there were not any listeners? Amen. The, the thing that keeps gossip going is people that won't will listen to gossip. Have you heard about Brother Ricky? No, but I'm ready. <laughs> Amen. Well, no, you know, see, listen, that's why Jesus said, be careful and take heed to what you hear. So we've got ears, we've got to hear in the spiritual. We've, we've got to take heed to what we hear. We're not to listen to gossip. We're not to listen to false doctrine. Listen, when it comes to, when it comes to teaching, when it comes to preaching, when it comes to preachers and teachers, we need to know who we're listening to. Jesus tells us, you know, to make sure that we're not deceived. And one of the, one of the signs that, that is given when the disciples ask the Lord to tell, him, to tell them the signs, well, they said, what are the signs of your coming and of the end of the age? And there was four times that Jesus, in, in Matthew chapter 24, four times, the first, the first sign was, He said, take heed that you be not deceived. And then three other times, four times total, he warned them of deception. What was he trying to tell them? He was trying to tell them and trying to tell us that in the last days just prior to the coming of the Lord, there will be, an in, there will be such an influx of false doctrine and false teaching and that we have to make sure that we know what is right and know what is wrong to test the spirits. Listen, John said, 1 John 4, 1, he said, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they be of God. For many, listen, many false prophets have gone out into the world. And what are they doing? Are deceiving many. We're living in a day today when, when, when Paul prophesied about in the last days that he said that some in the latter times, and he said this, he 
said this to Timothy and he said, and the Spirit speaks expressly. Or he said, the Spirit speaks urgently that in the latter times some would depart from the faith. Why? Because they would give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. There are spirits today that want to seduce you, to lead you away from the truth, to lead you away from the, the, the true Word of God, to lead you away from Jesus. So you've got to take heed what you hear. Listen, there's all kinds of false teaching and false doctrine. Know what you are listening to and who you are listening to and who you are following after. Amen? Praise God. Amen. Usually, and I've said this before, you know, people say, well, oh man, I gotta, I gotta, you got to hear this guy. You got to hear this preacher because, man, he is preaching some new stuff I ain't never heard before. And, well, you know why you ain't never heard it before? Because it usually comes out of hell. And I've made that statement before. If it's new, if it's new, it ain't true. Praise God. Are you all with me tonight? What are we talking about? Tuning in to what God has to say. Are you with me? Tuning in to what God has to say. You know, you get your radio out, and you got to, I turned my radio on in there to hear a radio broadcast Sunday morning before church, and I turned it on, and I could, I could hear a little bit of a voice, and then there was a, you know, that kind of static going on. And it was, you know why it was doing that? Because it wasn't quite on tuned into the frequency. I had to turn the knob just a little bit to tune it in. And, and I think that's what's wrong with a lot of us today because we're getting a lot of static because we're not tuned in to the frequency of the Holy Ghost the way we need to be to hear what the Spirit of God says to His church. God wants us to be swift, and that's what James was saying here, for us to be swift to hear what God is Speaking that we're to be swift or to be quick to hear the impulses of the Holy Spirit. That we're to be swift or we're to be quick to hear what thus saith the Lord. What the Word of God has to say. Amen? The problem is not that God isn't speaking. Because He is. The problem is... So many of us are not listening <laughs> to what God has to say. Did you ever have that problem in school? I did sometimes. You know, the teacher would have to call them and say, are you listening? What did I just say? And I don't know. It's kind of the way we are with the Lord. Amen? So the Lord is telling us here through the Apostle James that we are to be teachable teachable. And we'll get into that a little later if we stay here in James because he talks about a little later about receiving the engrafted word with meekness and that word meekness means to be teachable, to be submissive. He talks about being, being doers of the word and not just hearers. So hearing's the first step, but then doing, putting into practice what we hear is also very important. Amen? So that's what that's what James is saying. He's telling us here that God puts a premium on us listening to Him. Now, I'm going to give you three distinct ways. What time is it? Is it time? I'm going to give you three distinct ways that God speaks to us today. Three ways. I put up four fingers. But three ways that God speaks to us today. All right? And uh, the first one is this. Now, and and I'm, I'm not giving you anything new. I'm telling you this is what the Word of God teaches us. Number one, God speaks to us through the Scriptures. God speaks to us through 
the Scriptures. The number one way that God speaks to us is through the Scriptures, through the Word of God. If you will follow that rule right there, you'll not be led astray. If you'll be led by the Spirit through the, through the Word of God and let God speak to you from the Scriptures, then you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna make it, all right? You're going to be okay. Can I get an amen? You see, the Bible is the Bible is God's word to you. Amen. This is God's love letter written to you. This is God's word to you. And uh, it's it, when you're reading the word of God, and, and every morning, you know, when I when I get up get up and I go into get my cup of coffee and I go into my uh, study and I'm sitting there with the word of God and. And, uh, you know, I'm reading the Word of God. Listen, it's, if, if you'll let the Word of God speak to you, it's, it's as if Jesus Christ in the flesh were there talking to you Himself. Are you listening to me? Because the word, he, he is the Word. The Word, you can't separate Jesus from the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So so when you open up this book and you open up this word and you begin to read and meditate and soak in the scriptures, it's, it's fellowshipping with God through His word, through the Holy Scriptures, and He will speak to you. And that's what He's saying. He's saying you need to tune in, get in the Bible, open up the word of God, and let the Lord Jesus Christ talk to you and speak to you and feed you from the word of Almighty God. Amen. You need the scriptures every day in your life. His word is a lamp unto my feet. His word is a light unto my path. Hallelujah. We've got to have his word high, hidden in our heart every single day. He said, oh Lord, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against the Lord. We must make this book a priority in our lives. Woo, come on, yeah, give the Lord a praise. Amen. Oh, not just leaving it on the coffee table shelf or putting it on the shelf or leaving it on the dashboard of the car all week and just carrying it into church, but actually get in there and read it and let it talk to you. The Word of God, He speaks to us through the scriptures. So don't ever say that God never talks to me if your Bible's closed. Amen? <laughs> Get in the Word of God. Now, the Bible tells us, you remember in Joshua, he was getting ready to step in and take Moses' place. And um, the Lord told Joshua, he said, you know, you got a big job ahead of you. He had some big shoes to fill. And the Lord said to Joshua, he said, don't be afraid, don't be dismayed, be strong, be of a good courage. The Lord God is with you whithersoever you go. I'm with you. But then in verse 8 of Joshua 1, one of my favorite verses too. How many is familiar with Joshua 1.8? Amen, Joshua 1.8? Well, all right, let me read it to you then. I don't think I wrote, I don't think I read it down. Did I read it down back there for you? Amen. Joshua 1 8. Listen to what he says. What we're we talking about? Tune in. Tune in. We may have to tune in next week, same time, same channel. All right. Tune in. Um, Joshua 1 and 8. This book of the law, speaking of the scriptures, shall not depart out of your mouth. But you shall meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, notice that word then, what is it? when? Then is telling us when something's going to happen. And we want the last part of this because he says, Thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. But we have to do the first part of that first, which is to meditate in, your, in God's Word day and night. You know, what does it mean to meditate? And we're not talking about, 
some kind of mysticism and we're not talking about Eastern religions and we're not talking about transcendental meditation or some of the meditative uh, teachings. I, I, I ordered a book here a while back off. I've only sent one book back, a um, uh, Kindle book back. And I don't remember what the author's name was. I didn't even know you could send Kindle books back, but I found out. I bought this Kindle book and I began to read it and it was on... I don't remember, it was, on, it was on meditation. I thought it was going to be on meditation in the Word. And this guy was supposed to be a Christian, a spirit-filled Christian, but he began to teach, I began to read it, and he began to teach that he began to liken Christian meditation with Eastern mysticism. And he said, you are supposed to empty your mind and you are supposed to blot your mind out and blank your mind out so God can fill your mind with thoughts. I got on Kindle and I said, I need to get this, but I don't want this thing. This is false teaching. And so they gave me my $10 back and they took their Kindle book back. Listen to me. Um, those Eastern mystics teaching, uh, you know, through TM and uh, Hinduism and Buddhism and Shintoism and those, those t religions teach to empty your mind of everything and make your mind blank. No, you're not. That's not what Bible meditation is. He said we are to fill our mind with something and meditate upon His Word day and night, upon His Word day and night, so that when we do that, we will observe to do all that is written therein. Why do you meditate on the Word? So the Word becomes a part of you. You tune into the Word and then the Word changes your life and you become a doer of the Word and you live by the Word and you observe to do all that is written therein. Well, it's not me meditating on the Word and then doing what I want to anyway. It's doing what the Word says to do. But the word meditate means to ponder. It means to reflect. It's the word that's used, and I've told you this before, it's a word that, that uh, talks about uh, has the, the, the idea of chewing the cud, like a cow chewing the cud. You know, and that cow will eat the grass, swallow the grass, and, and, and it'll digest partly, and then they'll regurgitate that up a little later, and they'll chew on it some more. That's their cud, and they're chewing on it. That's what you got to do with the Word of God. Hallelujah. You, you think about it. You, uh, you, you muse over it. You, 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 you meditate on what God says and let Him speak to you through His Word. And when a vo if a voice comes to you that's not in line with the Word, you immediately know that is not the Holy Spirit. That is not, you can tell Satan, get behind me. That is not from the Word of God. You've got to tune in. He speaks through the Scriptures. Through the Scriptures. Well, praise the Lord. Oh, so you meditate on the Word. As you're reading, listen, when you're doing your Bible reading, this Bible study, can we just talk a minute? When you're doing your Bible reading, it's not speed reading course. It's not the Evelyn Woods course in reading dynamics. <laughs> That's a long time ago, wasn't it, Ben? That was a long time ago, but it's not. You're to read and meditate and think about what you're reading. And meditation on the Word of God, tuning into the Scriptures, it also involves asking some questions about what you're reading. Does anybody ever do that? Huh? What does this mean? Lord, what did you mean there? Run some references. The greatest commentary on the Scripture is the Scripture. So run some references. But here's some questions. You might just jot these down. Some questions to ask when you're reading the Word of God. Okay? Ask, look, look at what you're reading and ask, is there a sin to confess? Is there a lesson here in this passage to learn? Is there a promise to claim? How many know there are a lot of promises? 
And we want the promises. We're looking for the promises. They've even some that, that you can even buy a promise Bible that all it has is the promises. Well, the promises are not going to do you any good if you're not getting the sin out of your life. Come on, somebody. But is there a promise to claim? Is there a command here to obey? Is there an error to avoid? Is there an example to follow? I'm going too fast for you. Are you getting those? Is there a truth to believe? Is there a blessing to enjoy? So as you're reading, you're asking those questions. As you're reading through, Lord, is there a sin here that I see that I need? Maybe it's in my life I need to confess. Is there a lesson in, in this passage from this Bible character or in this, this passage? Is there a lesson here for me to learn? I was just, you know, just this morning, I'm, I'm, I'm in 1 Samuel, reading in 1 Samuel, and, and reading those stories about David and Saul, and how that Saul, you know, was trying to kill David and chasing him and all that, and, and, uh, and, um, and how that David, you know, had two opportunities, and I'm reading through there, had two opportunities to kill Saul and probably would have been justified in doing it, and he, he didn't. He said, I can't touch the Lord's anointing. I'm not going to do it. I'm putting him in the hands of God. I'm going to let God deal with him. And, and, and I'm reading that. I'm saying, Lord, is there a lesson for, for me? And immediately, yeah, there is a lesson for me there. What's the lesson for me? No matter what anybody does to me, you don't be overcome with that evil, but you overcome the evil with good. No matter what they do, you put them in the hands of God. You Forgive them. See, there's, there, see what I mean? Asking those questions and applying the Word of God to your life. Is there a truth to believe there? Is there an example to follow? Was there a blessing to enjoy? If there's a bad example and that brought the displeasure of God in a person's life, then you can say, I don't want to do that. Because, listen, what displeased God in the Old and New Testament still displeases God today. So if, if somebody in the Bible sets a bad example and God corrected them or punished them for it, then don't follow that example. Follow the example of the ones that have the blessing of God on their life. We got to tune in and be swift to hear and hear what the Lord has to say through the scriptures. Oh man. Two more. God speaks through the scriptures, but number two, God speaks through the sermon. Mm. God's speaking to us right now through the sermon. He calls men and women to preach and declare His Word. And you know what? When we come together on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and, and uh, hear the Word of God being preached Amen. through your pastor, Amen, right. our evangelist, our Sunday school teacher, if they're teaching and preaching the Word, you need to tune in because God is trying to speak to you through the sermon, through the message, through His messenger. Are you with me? Amen? A lot of people don't believe that. They'll say, oh, that's old Pastor Rick up there bumping his gums and screaming and hollering and waving his arms and running the aisles. Well, listen, that's just the way I deliver it. But, I, you know, I didn't write the message, but I am called of God, and He has put the Holy Spirit anointing upon me to deliver the message. And if you're a part of Abundant Life Family Church, He He's placed you here in this body, amen, and set me as his under shepherd over this flock to feed the flock of God and to minister the word. And that's why I pray and I ask God, what do you want me to preach Sunday? What do you want me to preach Wednesday? Because when I get up here, I want to have what the Holy Ghost gives me because he knows what you need and he will use me and the sermon to speak to you what you need to hear. So you need to tune in. Don't tune me out. It's hard to preach when folks are tuned out. 
People was talking before church about, <laughs> about Nancy Pelosi last night during the State of the Union and all the shenanigans she was doing up there. I said, yeah. I said, Connie reminded me of some of the folks sitting in church when I'm trying to preach. Well, hallelujah. You know, when you come to the house of God, I got I to cut this off. I got to get done here. Is anybody glad you came tonight? I'm glad I came now. When you come to church, when you come to church Sunday morning, you, you need to expect me to be prepared to deliver you the Word of God, right? Well, if you expect me to be prepared to teach you the Word of God, then I should be able to expect you and everybody in the congregation to pay attention to what the Lord has given me to say and to tune me in and not out and to listen to what the message is. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm not perfect and I may make mistakes, but I'm going to tell you this. I, I will seek the Lord. I will study the Word. I will prepare my heart and prepare the message to, to, to the very best of my ability to make sure that when I stand up here before you and preach the Word of God to you, that it will be from this book right here. That it won't be something that's going to lead you wrong or lead you astray. And so you need to come to church and say, Okay, Lord... I know Pastor Rick's going to have something for me. I know that Miss Katie's and the worship team's going to have something for me. There's going to be something in that service, and I'm tuning in to hear, to be swift, to be quick, to hear what the Spirit says to the church. So you've got to stay alert. You've got to stay awake. Amen. Because Amen? if you fall asleep, I may have to wake you up. One guy come in the church one time and he asked, said to his pastor, he was trying to be spiritual, and he said to his pastor, he said, what prayer do you think I ought to pray when I come in church? And the pastor said, knowing you, you need to pray. Now I lay me down to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hallelujah. But God will speak to you through the scripture. He'll speak to you through the sermon. One man told his pastor one time, he was a little aggravated with his pastor. And he told his pastor, he said, I'm going to tell you one thing, preacher. He said, God will hold you accountable for every sermon you preach. And that's true, he will. But the pastor then looked at that church member and he said, yes, you're right. That's true, he will hold me accountable. But he said, I'm going to tell you something. God will also hold you accountable for every sermon I preach as well because He's going to speak to you through the sermon. Amen? And thirdly, and I'll, I'll close with this one. When we tune in to what God's saying, He speaks to us through the Scripture, He speaks to us through the sermon, and He speaks to us through the Spirit, through the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 6, to, He said, He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. To the churches. Do you know the Spirit of God wants to speak to you? He wants to speak to us. He will always speak to us, as I've said, in line with the Scripture, in line with the Word of God. But the problem is, the problem is that most of us never get ourselves in the place where we're quiet enough to hear the Holy Spirit. You know, the scripture says, be still and know that I am God. And again, I'm not talking about some of this, you know, we've got the teaching on contemplative prayer. Um, all of that, the prayer of silence. I don't know, there's a bunch of that stuff. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about praying, communicating with the Lord, talking to the Lord, and then getting quiet and asking the Lord to speak to you and talk to you. Do you know prayer is not supposed to be a monologue? 
but prayer is supposed to be a dialogue between you and the Lord. And the Holy Spirit lives in you. I know I've heard people say, well, the first, you know, you ask God to speak to you, and then just the first thing pops into your mind. That's no, 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 no. Because God's not going to be speaking to your mind. God lives, the Holy Spirit lives in here. He's going to speak to you in your inner man, in your spirit. Isn't that right? So that's where you have to be tuned in. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord or the lamp of the Lord. And with that lamp, he searches all the inward parts of of the belly or the innermost being. So the spirit of man that is born again where the Holy Spirit abides, that's where the Lord's going to talk to you in the spirit, in your spirit. Amen. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you by your spirit. He's going to speak to you. And some people, you know, they just never get quiet enough. I was reading this week, and I'm, I'm, I've got to close, but I was reading this week, as I said in First Samuel, and, 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 and when Samuel the boy was there in the temple, and um, he, you know, the, the, the Lord had not yet revealed himself to Samuel, and Samuel laid down, got ready to go to sleep, and he heard a voice, he heard the voice that said, Samuel, Samuel, and so he jumped up, and he ran into Eli, and he said, here I am, what do you want? Eli said, I didn't call for you. He said, go back to bed. And so Samuel goes, lays back down, lays there a little while, and he hears, Samuel, Samuel. And he jumps up and he runs back in. He says, here I am. He said, I didn't call for you. That happened three times. And the third time, Eli, he finally perceived that the Lord was trying to talk to Samuel. And he said, you go back in there and lay down. And you, you say, speak, Lord, for your servant heareth. See, we've got that mixed up. You know what we do? We say, hear, Lord, because your servant's speaking. <laughs> Listen, Lord, because here's what I got to tell you. And, and, and we just run, 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 and we give God all of our problems and all of our needs and pour out all that we need. And then we say, see you tomorrow. And we run out and we never take the time to say, okay, now I've talked, but Lord, I want to hear what the Spirit of God has to say to me. Is there anything, Lord, you want to say to me? Here I am, your servant. Speak, Lord, to me because I'm your servant and I'm listening. And then when he speaks, do what he says. Be tuned in. I saw a cartoon. I saw a cartoon on uh, Facebook. And, uh, and uh, boy, what, how did we ever preach before we had Facebook? And um, I, I saw a cartoon on there. And uh, it, was a, it was a sheep sitting in a lounge chair, kicked back, had a TV sitting there, had a, had a, had a laptop on its lap. Now get the picture, kindly on the beach in one of those loungers. Got a laptop and a TV, boombox sitting down here blasting. He's got, a, he's got a, his iPhone with the plug in there, headphones on. He's reading a book. He's doing all this. And he's, he's got all this going on. He says, I don't know why I don't hear the voice of the shepherd anymore. And in the background, the shepherd's over there, hey, sheep, and he's hollering at him, you know. And the caption was what Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. And the shepherd's over there, just over the hill, hollering for the sheep, but he can't hear a word that he's saying because everything else is speaking to him. We've got our TVs, we've got our internet, we've got our iPads, we've got our iPods, we've got all this stuff that we're listening to. We've come to a place, you know, in our lives that we can't stand it to be silent. We've got to have some kind of noise. Hey, some folks sleeps with the TV on all night because they got to have some kind of noise going on. And we ne wonder why we never hear the voice of the Spirit. Be still and know that I am God. Hallelujah. Talk to God and then take time to let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Tune in to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You're His sheep. He'll talk to you. He'll lead you in the paths of righteousness by his spirit and through the word if you'll be swift to hear and just tune in to the voice of the Lord speaking in your life. Well, give the Lord a praise. Amen, amen, amen. Woo, hallelujah. Praise God. Well, let's stand tonight and just worship the Lord.
Did anybody get anything out of this tonight? It, I tell you what, if nobody else did, I hate to, you know, say I, I got blessed by my own preaching, but I did. Helped myself. I didn't help anybody else. Amen. Praise God. Let's, let's pray and let's ask God. Father, thank you.